You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, your home for news, views, security stories, technology, and all sorts of other related chit-chat that catches our attention. Hello and welcome listeners to this week's edition of the show. And I am joined once again by Mark. Hello, Mark. Hello, Simon. It's good to be back, even if we are on a Monday. I quite, I quite like doing a podcast on a Monday. It sort of frees up the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah, it's quite good, isn't it? Yes. Um, we did uh, attempt to record one yesterday, but after some technical shenanigans, we decided to uh, postpone it until today because it was just easier. So, um, as well as Mark, I'm joined once again by Mac Jim. Hello, Jim. Oh, it was all my fault. It was not from, uh, Hello from a, from a Drich Scottish weather day. Oh dear. Who, yeah. who would have thought a tiny Logitech microphone could have brought down the mighty empire? <laughs> well, it didn't really bring it down, did it? We just spent so long faffing about trying to figure out what was wrong um, and then finding out eventually that it appeared to be the microphone itself was a dud. Um, there we are. <laughs> Never mind. Um, such is life. <clears throat> you know, it's thank goodness to the Apple's built-in microphone. Yep. That is true. Which doesn't sound too bad to be honest, in, in given all things considered. I'd love to do um I'd love to get my hands on one of those new MacBooks where they've got like the the, the beam microphone. In fact, I've just had an idea. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm gonna I've got a microphone here for now. If it's any good, I'll send it up to you because I'm just about to do a YouTube review on it. The Belkin live action mic. Well, we've, we've actually uh, resolved this issue. I've uh, ordered up a microphone, uh, microphone from Amazon. I've, yep. I've, had a, I've had a couple of good experiences with Amazon. I had a, a graphics card, and I think it was just a shade about a week from you know being a blanket return. Uh, when you know they tried to troubleshoot it and all this sort of stuff, and I'm going, look, it's all knackered, basically. Just give me a new card. Uh, and after about an hour, which uh, you can't really grumble, um, I got a really, really pain-free returns replacement. I wonder if I could order up a MacBook from Amazon and then send send it back uh, on a blanket uh, return and just send back a blanket. Would they get away, <laughs> you think? Hey, he's here all night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Um, well, not a lot of news this week, is there, chaps, really? No, we covered the wheels. Um, I'm still debating or not whether I can justify any of our Patreon fundage to buy a Apple Bluetooth uh, toothbrush. <laughs> still can't. That, that still boggles my mind. So <laughs> it has been quiet in the world of Apple. The, like, after the the thing of the iPhone SE, it all seems to have calmed down. And now, I think the next, you know, what everyone's going now, oh, well, you know what's going to be coming up next? ARM-based Macs. Yep, yep. Yeah. A lot of stuff about that. Um I think we we can all agree that the smoke is getting thicker, which uh would probably indicate something is, you know, in the works. But Yeah, but uh, they've been saying this for years, you know, Ming Ji Bliming Quo, who's who's at it. Was, was it for three years now? So when it eventually does come out they'll go, Oh, look at him, he was right. Well, yeah, because if you say something obvious enough in enough time, then of course it's going to be. And anyway, yeah. anyway, I don't know. I can't see it, not for another couple of years, because of what they've just done with the iPad and releasing a 400 quid keyboard for it. Well, there, is, this is, there is suggestions that there might be new MacBooks and new Macs this year coming out, and the ARM one might be out next year. I would be very surprised if... Um, do you reckon they might do what they call like a... Well, seeing as they've done such a good job with the iPhone, do you reckon they might get a budget, and I'm using that word very, very loosely, laptop this year? I think we'll see a 13-inch... No, sorry, a 14-inch MacBook at the low end. But again, we're talking about the, the ARM version of it, and the, the suggestion is it's probably 2021 before they'll see that. But uh, I, I think we'll see something at the end of this year. Um, you know, to replace. Well, obviously, you've still got the 13-inch one, the uh, MacBook Pro, to be replaced. 
Um, but while I was seeing new, re new redesigns uh, this year, mm, might be, but I think possibly next year. I mean, of course, the thing is, they've just released the new MacBook Airs, so... Yeah, they were, they were just basically regurgitated re body shells with new innards. Um, I mean, they're, they're even down to the fact they've still got the old-fashioned 720p uh, camera. Yes, yes, but they were obviously pitched at the, you know, the lower end of Apple's price range. So, <clears throat> I'm not quite sure how... They would shoehorn in an ARM Mac, certainly not this year. I guess if there's going to be any hints about it, obviously the next big thing is going to be WWDC. And... Well, do you not think it will replace the, the MacBook? Or has that been replaced by the, the new Air? Um, are they still doing the MacBook? I don't know. I don't think they are, are they? Or are they? I don't know. I'm not sure about that now. It possibly has gone, but uh, there's a gap between the Air, which is a basic computer, and the pro versions, and there's a gap there for well, middle ground computer. We did, we did wait, wait and see. Yep, yep. I mean, I, because they now have, you know, you now have options on the MacBook Air on the processors. If you go to the top end of the Air range, you're kind of approaching the bottom of the pro range, which is how I always think it ought to be. You know, you should it should be a reasonably smooth progression of good better best then a slight step to you know the next level and then you go good better best on that so um i was never sure where the macbook fitted in that was always to me a slightly uh, i mean those you know bart had one and thought it was the greatest thing ever so i'm not saying there's not a market for it i just always felt it i wasn't sure where it fit into the into the matrix as it were i mean it is getting quite they have sort of um blurred the lines a little bit because you can now have the macbook air the macbook pro 13 inch the macbook pro 16 inch the imac the imac pro the mac pro and the mac mini that's quite a um that's, that's quite a lineup for a company that was known for sort of being laser focused on this is it, this is the one we do. Well, yeah. I've got to admit that 13 inch MacBook does look lovely, but, oh, but again, we get, everyone keeps going on about the ARM processor. But if you look at the price of the MacBook Pro 13 inch, that's cheaper than a decent iPad with the keyboard. Yes. So maybe it's gone. Maybe it's gone the other way round. That Intel will be the cheaper version, and if you want to get all the fancy performance, you're using uh, Apple's ARM processor, which is technically what they're doing now. Well, the suggestion is the reason for going to the ARM um, processors is, is Intel. I've dragged their feet for some time with their, their processors, you know, newer versions, but also they're very expensive in comparison to ARM uh, processors. So Apple could save a fair bit of money going down the ARM route. So whether that's a, whether that will cause them to actually accelerate that process, I don't know. But certainly, that's one of the rumours going around. The, the, the one I, the one I would see coming out pretty soon is a replacement for the iMac because that's very long in the tooth. It's long overdue, a refresh design. I know that Johnny's a, uh, possibly might see something uh, this year. I, I reckon, though, that the ARM laptops are probably next year uh, or later this year. Yeah. Uh, actually, I that's an interesting comment there from Mark because I like a lot of people have always kind of had it in my mind that maybe if they were going to do an um, an ARM you know based laptop it would be pitched at the lower end yeah that's, that's where it would be well actually he would have thought that intel is the budget offering well mm -hmm. how you know mark just said i mean if you if you took um let's say an a14 mm -hmm. right let's say an a14 you know which is obviously coming this year um and then you put it into a super thin and light premium laptop because mm -hmm. you could get extreme battery life um, because obviously, you know, the ARM processors are, um, you know, much more power efficient. Um, you could, I could see that actually being bizarrely becoming the um, the premium, you know. Yeah. Um, and but the other thing... But the other thing is uh, you can have it as an always-on connected to you know, 
4G, 5G. Yes, exactly. Um, Which makes now, it even more usable. I think what we all tend to forget is when Steve introduced the MacBook Air, it was sold as a premium product. It was criticised for being underpowered and all the rest in order to make it so thin and light, but it sold at a massive premium because it was being pitched at those who, um, you know, sort of people who wanted to say, I need a, a, a laptop, but I don't necessarily need, a, you know, the power and weight of a pro, and I travel all the time, so a thin and light laptop is worth the premium. It wasn't until later that yeah. the MacBook Air drifted down to being the kind of de facto... Um, entry-level machine so i could see i suppose i could see that happening again with apple launching um their arm laptop as a super premium model uh, again pitched at people like executives and people like that and then over time gradually bringing it down the range and introducing more models an interesting interesting thought that yeah i mean i, I had a, um, a macbook here and i thoroughly enjoyed it it was a lovely device um, you know, if I had the money, we'd have another one. Um, do you get a feeling maybe this new version uh, just came out as a stopgap? Um, I don't know because they really did ramp it up quite a lot, didn't they? Compared to the, you know, well, I know the old version was very, very long in the tooth, so it was well overdue. Um, mm -hmm. a full-on update, stopgap. I, I don't know, but then again. I wouldn't call this. I wouldn't say that was a stopgap. In in fact, the the way that they've um, specced up the new MacBook Airs might actually, if you wanted to look at it that way, might actually reinforce Mark's you know suggestion that an ARM mm -hmm. machine would be pitched at the premium end rather than a um almost. Well, that's already happening, isn't it? I mean, you don't knock out a four hundred knock out as a gross oversimplification. You don't push out a massive four hundred quid keyboard. If you don't think that's uh, that's where the future's going to lie, or you've got a vision in mind for it, that's, well, that's what that's what I would be thinking in in my head. But it it would all still come back to the fact that uh, a you would need to port the apps over, which I think they could probably do. But the thing is, with an ARM based laptop, yeah, it's all right. It, I would guarantee it wouldn't run macOS as we know it. I think they've been sort of nicely not blurring lines between ipad os and os but certainly trying to be on a small convergence course but it still all comes down to the fact that there's still a lack of good quality what i would call pro apps on the ipad and this is after many many years and i've been beating this drum uh, for absolutely ages now oh. i don't know if that's because it's apple sandboxing or you know it, if it's just the, the the cash grab mentality of it but it just makes but it's the app thing i would be worried about i mean mm. maybe apple haven't done a release of final cut pro for the ipad because that might be the differentiator they would go for but then how would you do that would would you have final cut pro but you can only run it on an arm-based laptop or do you have Final Cut Pro, which would run on an iPad and the ARM-based desktop? Because let's not forget, Microsoft tried a very similar ex experience with the Surface RT a couple of years ago. And look what happened with that. It yeah. said Windows. It said Microsoft. And then when people had to go and work out, well, if I get this app and this app. But then again, I... have I just contradicted myself? Because we now get those universal apps that work across everything. But we still need the app. Yeah, well, I don't... That, that's happened with their, their, their new Surface Pro, the X or 10, whatever they want you to call it, uh, where it's, I think, is it 32 bit? Uh, a lot of software now won't actually work on this new device. So they're, they're having to wait for a lot of the stuff to be rewritten to actually work on that device. So they, they're hitting that same problem again. Um, they don't seem to have learned from the, their previous experiences. Apple could end up doing the same thing with the iPad, the, the MacBooks, uh, ARM and Intel versions. I'm... But we've, we've also been there with... Uh, you remember back with the... You know, um, Mac OS was originally... Um, I forgot the name of the processors. Well, we had um, the sixty-eight. There was the sixty-eight K Motorola era. Yeah, but, aye, there was aye, the G fours. And then they went on, to the Power PC, which was the it. um, you know, uh, ran all the way up to the G five. Yeah, 
then they changed to um, you know uh, x86. Yeah, until. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> if anybody's got the knowledge on how to carry out a transition like that. However, I, I, think, I, I think that if, if Apple do an ARM laptop, the way to differentiate that from the iPads would be to, for it to actually run Mac OS. And then it would be in not quite the Mac OS tablet uh, that you were looking for, Jim, but it would be... Mm-hmm. It would be a Mac OS on ARM device, and that would differentiate the laptop from the iPads because the iPads would still be focused on touch and iPad OS, and the laptop would be focused on, you know, the Mac OS. Um, mm-hmm. Again, we're all there's a lot of rumors it keeps on and on and on and the the frequency and depth of the rumors uh, is beginning to make me think that you know there's more has there been more any to depth this to it though has it has there really been any depth other than rumors familiar with the source say apple are going to do it cuz mm. surely surely if there was a cpu it it would have been leaked Although saying that the Apple processors never get leaked, it's more the the iPhone parts, isn't it? And the the other thing is the the processors. What? How would you differentiate the processors? Because it will be an A series processor, you know, A thirteen X, A fourteen, fourteen X, almost certainly, or you know, twin twin A thirteens or something like that. How would you in the supply source? How would you? differentiate that from a chip that's going into an iphone or an ipad or anywhere else well um, apple have never done benchmarks have they they always i mean if you look at their marketing words for the uh, the ipad they've said this very very cleverly this is just as fast this is a laptop replacement i can't remember what event it was at now but i remember being quite surprised at how they managed to push figures and how fast it was by not actually pushing any figures out there that i thought was absolutely fascinating yeah fascinating that is but the geek bench scores we know the geek bench scores are putting the top um you know the top a series processors on a par with the processors they're putting in their laptops so um well, one of the reasons why you may not have heard anything uh, through the rumours about you know a processor for uh, a laptop is already uh, here, and it's in the iPad Pro 2020. Because I reckon there's enough power in that device to actually run you know, a laptop device. Yeah, that's exactly what it's, I'm saying. Oh, yeah. So, so you, 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 you wouldn't have heard about one for a laptop because it's already in production. Yes, exactly. It's not going to yeah. be a, not going to be you know. It would. I don't think it would be tagged in a specific way that would give it away yeah. as being anything other than another A series processor. Mm-hmm. I if Apple come out and they have a new iPad and they say, and one more thing, Final Cut Pro is finally on the iPad. Oh, that <laughs> would that would be enough to sway myself and probably loads of other people who, if I could get, I'm so for the moment I'm using LumaFusion right now. And if I'm using the iPad, I can probably get four, maybe five hours out of a full charge using LumaFusion, going backwards and forth to Safari, uh, bearing in mind if I save it into photos, it'll always be uploading. Now, if I could get half of the features from Lumif- uh, sorry, from Final Cut, then it's like, oh, that opens it up uh, a, a very major, major thing. Then, if they were to go, and you know what? We've listened to podcasters. Then watch that market open up. <clears throat> but on the other side of the argument, you've got the marketing would have to be so, how, how would I describe it? Therefore, because the iPad is meant for everyone. You don't need a computer. But by suddenly saying, and you can do video editing, and you can do marketing, I don't think Apple kind of likes that this is what you can do on it, but it's not so long as it's drawing. I think they like the drawing aspect, but I don't know why they really haven't pushed the other angles because they, let's face it, the processors are absolutely phenomenal. But what is making use of that power unless it just has to be powerful enough for the OS? That's what gets me. It's like, I'm all for like having all this progress, but I want to see any of what my gripe has always been. I don't think this is ever going to change. The problem is it has to be faster because I've seen the iPad now make such good leaps and bounds as a browser that 
that's all people are doing now. If you've got a good app, you make it into a web app or you slam an electron and boom, done. You know, iPad optimizations be done. So I think that's the battle that Apple needs to get away, you know, get away from it. You know, what was the last time Apple have released an app? You know, there was pages and numbers and keynote, but since then, there hasn't really been anything uh, noticeable. Yeah, there's been a lack of um, innovation in that side of the, the world of Apple. Um, in many, in other ways, also, uh, you know, there's there's been very few um, real uh, one more thing type product. Apple. Um, I could see something coming out now because of this whole COVID thing. I'm not saying that they're going to capitalise it, but obviously, you know, they are going to be thinking in the back of the head. Oh, shareholders, shareholders and profit. You know, I could see them releasing a few more things now and being maybe a bit more aggressive with the product releases coming up. Because the iPhone SE sort of, that drops really, really quickly. There was like a week or two of rumours. Was it even that long? It's just well, like, hey, I think, know. no, I think, I think the there have been rumours about the SE for a long time, but they just started off as there will be another SE too. It will be, and I think it, I think it, despite the rumours, um, I think most of the rumour mill was caught on the hop by by the SE twenty twenty because yeah, it did but, not did not confer, conform to what most of the rumour mill was expecting in any exactly, way, shape, or form. Yeah. They all thought, "Oh, the iPhone SE is going to be oh, an a slimmed down iPhone 8. And again, the iPhone SE rumour was the standard. Oh well, Apple should really look at releasing the iPhone SE, and the I think people got lucky because. You can keep going, oh, well, the iPhone SE hasn't been updated for ages, and you can keep pushing that story out till eventually either Apple cancels it or they knock a new one out. Yeah. But have you said, has anyone seen the story that um, I'm not, the, the parts between the iPhone SE yes, and the so iPhone I was just 8 about, are swappable? Just about to mention that. You know, um, when we were talking uh, in, in the other show uh, last week, I think, and I said, really, the this SE twenty twenty is more of a kind of eight S in many respects. Um, turns out I wasn't that far wrong because uh, was it iFixit have done a teardown and found that many of the parts in the uh, SE twenty twenty are swappable with the eight that it removes. Uh, so. Um, the haptic engine, for example, the camera array, uh, the home the button, screen. those sort of parts are all effectively the same as they were. I think, no, they, have they improved the screen or is it the same as the 8? Yeah. I, 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 it's a, I think no, it's a seven-piece screen, is it not? It's the, oh, I should go and have a look. I do, I saw an article this morning where someone had done hot swap and basically put an iPhone 8 screen into the SE. And then all of a sudden you go, oh. Oh, so we got rid of one of the reasons why I wouldn't personally go for the SE. That's not to say it's not darn fine phone, it's just screen size for me now. Yeah, it's, it's certainly sure. getting uh, rave reviews. Yes, it is getting rave reviews, and, it, and it's I don't get real, uh, really good reviews. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all because you know, as we said, mm. it's a fabulous phone for the money and an ideal, um, yeah, you know, an ideal in to the Apple ecosphere. Um, Whilst we're talking about MacBook Pros and um, and all that, um, I've got a story here from Digital Trends. Um, apparently, you should not charge your MacBook Pro on the left-hand side. Um, not past the duchy. Just don't charge your MacBook Pro on the left-hand side. Uh, apparently, there is a bug which, although uh, you should be able to charge your uh, MacBook or you know from either side. Um, apparently there is a bug and if you plug it in to charge on the left hand side the performance will suffer as it causes a certain level of thermal overheating so uh, I'm assured uh, I would assume that there's some kind of bug there it's not a hardware issue I can't say I would say that is definitely a hardware issue although it does make you wonder why this hasn't been discovered by now it may be only affects a limited amount of um, uh, computers. It, it seems to be a purely USB-C. Uh, the issue problem. seems to affect. Um, sorry, Jim. The issue seems to affect USB-C MacBook Pro models, meaning any high-end Apple app from 2016 onward, mm-hmm. when charging the laptop using left-hand port, gets unusually hot, and the fan starts spinning to counteract that. That's not good. So it's saying here that the 
Uh, one user on the programming community Stack Exchange had struggled to work out why the kernel process task was using so many resources on their computer, including causing their machine to wake from idle to whopping 900, sorry, to machine to wake from idle whopping 990 times. The resource hogging process made things so bad that their MacBook Pro effectively became unusable. Interesting. It, I, I, well, I take it back. So probably the software bug, because if it was on a 2016 model, we would have heard about this before now, surely. Mm. Yeah. When the operating system detects high temperatures, it prompts the kernel task to start spinning the fans. Um, while charging the yeah, MacBook it's, Pro it's, it's, uh, and peripherals in the left, yes. In, so in the um, having peripherals plugged into the left-hand ports, the device's ports can get hot for some reason. This results in the kernel task going haywire. The same is not true if you use the right-hand port. So that sounds to me like a software bug. Uh, well, it's soft. If it it would be software, it would get hot because it's trying to pull more current than it's supposed. to. That's normally why it would get hot. It will be very interesting to see what the fix is in software because, well, yeah, it would have to be software because if this is affecting the problem with this article, it doesn't state what OS it's on. It doesn't, there's no, oh, hang on. Uh, We all know there's a new battery. Yeah, the data here, it doesn't say what OS, what version, does it affect Catalina or Mojave? It's, there's nothing in here that sort of give no. that lets you sort of um, narrow it down. If it's 2016, then it'll be Mojave and Catalina. Yeah. Oh. But it could be a Catalina. I mean, <laughs> but the sign of things, Catalina's been a bit of a nightmare for uh, problems. Well, it, well, it's a good topic. That is, I mean, I'm not uh, overly educated on it, but if you look at the, you know, how bad this version of iOS has been, mm-hmm. and Catalina. I, I would love to know why all of a sudden the consistency that we had with, all right, you know, 12, was it rough around the edges, but it soon got itself sorted out. But there was a state when 13 came out where it was like, we've got a patch, uh, there's another yeah. patch, uh, there's another patch. And it's Catalina as well. What it all did, obviously, it, it all points to uh, engineer resource overload. That's not the phrase I was looking for, but. Well, I, I think so we've, it makes you think. I think we've all said, haven't we? It certainly uh, on this show, yeah, we've all said it that um, with iOS, Apple have kind of painted themselves into a corner where people expect a new OS released every year with the new hardware, and I don't think they're ever going to get away from that anymore. But with the Mac OS, um, again, they kind of painted themselves into the thing of, oh well, we release a new Mac OS every year to go with the new iOS, and I'm not sure that the Mac OS needs updating every, you know, replacing every year. Why do we not have, you know, back in the day, a, a, an OS series would go years. You would have seven, you know, we had seven, 7. 7.1, 7.2, 7.3, 7.5, 7.6. Um, marketing. That's what it is. It's all marketing. It's got to be a constant release cycle. And so the, the next OS that comes out, we can only imagine how many features would probably have had to been removed because you can imagine that they would have tied up so many resources on just fixing Catalina. Um, There's bound to be some features that we're never going to know that have been ripped out of the old, um, this new OS that's coming out. I, mean, I haven't <laughs> gone to Catalina because, well, in fact, here's a question for everybody. What is a feature of Catalina that you can remember off the top of your head? No, no nothing I can think of. Well, and that was it. I, I actually spent this weekend after I'd had a little bit of the bubbly, going back and watching some of the, uh, you know, the, the slides in the press, uh, the WWCs of the new OSs to think about all the features that are touted and how many I don't use. <laughs> Only two things I can think of is screensaver and sixty-four bit only. The markup, I believe. In fact, I know what we'll do. We'll take a we'll take a small divergence on the show. Hang on, let's go into have a look at Catalina. Well, Wait, while you're looking that up, um, just a quick question: this uh, overheating problem with the USB-Cs, it's, not, it's purely just for charging. It's not actually affecting uh, using other uh, devices, peripherals. No, it would appear that it it is best. It's purely... it is best not to plug your 
um, you know, USB-C MacBook Pro in on the left-hand side. Um, for charging? Is, yes, for charging. Uh, Not for other uses. Well, they they in that article they suggest that maybe you shouldn't plug peripherals into mm. the left hand side either. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that there's actually any evidence to support that. It, as far as yeah. I can see, it's purely if you're charging from the left hand side, right. which is slightly unusual because, of course, traditionally Macs have um, mostly charged on the left hand side. Yeah, well, mine's plugged into a Mag MagSafe plug. Uh, yeah, oh, the good old days. The, the yeah. Mac saying, oh, how we missed yeah, that. Bring it back, please. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to on to, onto some other subject. Right, so if we, okay, it sounds weird, like, doing a recap of Catalina, but I think it's quite interested to see. Is it Right, first of all, has anyone here updated Catalina? Me, 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 me. No, but you're in betas, you know. I'm on, I'm on, um, yes, I am on the beta. I'm on. Um, currently, I'm, I've been on the beta since the second they released the beta. I'm on um, 0.5 now, 15.5. <clears throat> and is that on your main machine, or are you using another machine? No, no, it's only on my laptop, my personal laptop. Yeah, your main, your main computer you're using it on. Yeah, I've only got one Mac. I'm not that rich. Right. I, ah, is that why you're getting kennel Macs? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so we got uh, music was split out, TV was split out into its own app, podcasts were split out into its own app, uh, all new, fo- well, an all new I, I, iTunes, app. yeah, podcasts, yeah, yeah. Uh, notes was listed as a considerable upgrade, so that you kind of think, uh, yeah, okay. Reminders was upgraded, Safari, well, that's part and parcel, mail. Uh, sidecar, that is something I would have loved to use. I think my Mac Mini supports it. Damn it. I'd love to use that. Um, continuity markup, write or sketch on PDFs. That I find, that's something I enjoyed. Um, I, I might switch to Catalina if I can see review because I hate doing the thing of, here you are, so here's an application form. I've sent it to you in PDF. You then have to print the PDF, write on the PDF with a pen like an animal, then scan the PDF, and then email the PDF back. I like to do it all on my Mac, but it's fiddly and tedious, and I've yet to find a, a good app that lets me do that. So if they have improved markup in Sketch, uh, what else have we got? Screen time. Who remembers that? What? Screen time. Oh well, <laughs> who who cares about the screen time on their Mac? I mean, they put screen time on the on your iOS devices so it can nag you that your screen time was up. <laughs> Guess what happened after lockdown, boys? My first week after lockdown was your screen time has gone up by seventy percent. <laughs> well, of course it has, because I've got nothing better to do than sit around looking at my iPhone. There we go. Ah, oh, yeah. Um, you've got QuickTime Player when they let you create. Uh, H264, HTVC, or ProRes as well. Um, See, that's the thing. With with Apple releases, there isn't... Actually, I like this. Nestled right down in the bottom, iCloud Drive folder sharing. Finally. Finally. So I think that sort of answers your question. They don't sort of do a radical overhaul. I think the last time they did that was... Who remembers the um, Discovery Daemon, which was the replacement for MDNS Fonder? And it turns out they had to roll it back because the old version was working perfectly fine. And when they tried to re-engineer it, it just caused loads of issues. Yes, yes, um, indeed. I uh, can't even remember when that was now, but it was some time ago. Um, I mean, I, I want to, I, or I feel like I ought to say that, you know, maybe it's time we went down the Windows 10 path of just a, you know, that's the OS. And now, you know, we don't have these great big releases. We just have a rolling release. But unfortunately, um, Windows 10 does not have a very good, uh, you know, record of rolling out rolling releases that uh, simply work because um, we have one, a story here, don't we? Windows 10 update bug deletes personal files. What to do now? Laptop mag. Um, oh, that, yeah, that's happened a couple of times. There's... The problem that Windows, the problem that Microsoft has got is they're being hampered by the business community because when I was in my last job, when I 
had one of those job type thingies. They were still on, uh, was it, with the, not 1703, I think it's 1809. And it was a really, really old version of uh, Windows. Now, the thing is, when you roll out Windows in a um, production environment, it takes a blinking long time to create the build, test the build, push the build out. There's a significant amount of man hours. Now, the problem is Microsoft don't really have that much with the build process. And so what can happen is if so I've created a machine before. Yeah, I've had it all set up all perfectly. I've got rid of all the games. I've got rid of all the stupid blooming candy crush. I thought, right, perfect. Started rolling it out. They pushed out and patched two weeks later, and it completely nerfed the smart menu, bringing back all of the spyware crap. Not spyware, but all the games and stuff. All and the shovelware, yeah. Yeah. And there was nothing physically you could do at the time to stop that from happening. You just had to be selective with um, your updates. And I think if Apple, I mean, Apple probably could go down that avenue but then i think that may have been tainted so much by how microsoft have done it and after all these years all right they're pushing out new features but it's this i don't think there's been quite the consumer trust with microsoft updates now as there was in the past well, we've said this before in the show uh the biggest problem with uh, windows it's still trying to support legacy uh, software um, they really need to do a clean sweep and say, right, this is the point. Uh, the next version of uh, Windows 10 will not support Windows XP, ME, or whatever. Yeah. Um, they certainly do seem to be having a, a lot of problems with all their updates, causing causing big problems. Uh, well, so it's not they've done that, though. And then you get companies paying mm-hmm. an obscene amount of monies to keep this one... Yeah. weird app going i mean for example where i was at my last job we you know we had all um some robots and i kid you not there was a floppy disk drive in about the size of a micro yeah like a, yeah there's a floppy disk drive about the size of two mac minis stacked on top of each other with a serial cable and it was a complete kerfuffle to try and get that thing to hook into windows 10 and eventually i just had to go we're going to have to just get a virtual machine on it or nuke it and try and find uh, a copy of XP just to get it to blinking work. And you now this is a company making millions every day. Mm. And yet they sort of, you know, they won't go, Oh, you know what? We need to back up. You know, we need to come up with something to move forward. They just don't want to spend the money. Incidentally, by the way, the floppy disk, when I said, you know, you've got a backup of the machine. Yeah. You've got a backup of the hard drive, uh, the, the disk drive. Oh yeah. We've got loads of them in stock. Have you ever thought about backing up the floppy drive? <laughs> so they had all this hardware backed up, but this one floppy disk from something like about 10 years ago is the only thing they haven't got a backup. And that's why I just sat back and went, yeah, we'll just wait for this to fail. <laughs> it just gives you, gives you an idea how, how reliable floppy disks are. That is true. That is true. Well, you can I, I, I will admit, I've... Um, I'm running my Mac off an external SSD and I made the crucial mistake of uh, some files that I download were all downloading to the SSD. And I heard that's one of the first things you can do is have lots of sequential read and writes from like small little large download files. So uh, I've, I've now plugged back in a spinny hard drive just to do all the, uh, the clunky data stuff. Fair enough. Um, right. Uh, what else have we got? Um, obviously, we've got a couple of stories here, obviously, about the ARM Mac, one from Bloomberg um, and one from CNET. Um, Apple Music has launched for 2018 and later Samsung Smart TVs, apparently. Um, very nice. Which is good if TV speakers just didn't sound like hot garbage half the time. Well, yes, there is that, but uh, I think that I don't want to sound, you know, curmudgeonly, the youth of today don't know what it's like, Um, but an awful lot of people really do listen to their music on terrible little Bluetooth speakers and through cheap earbuds and all sorts, and, um, you know, people don't go out and buy stereos, do they? Who goes out and buys a stereo these days? Who has? I've got the same... I've got the same first world problem. I've got uh, an Echo Dot sat next to me and I, I was fine listening to it for a while, but then I went back into my other room and turned on my Sonos. I'm like, 
oh, suddenly that echo dot sounds a little bit uh, clunky now. But I know you can put external speakers into it. But, I mean, one of the, one of the best things I've done for sound on my TV is I bought a what I thought was a set of um, Beats headphones from uh, Wish.com. On the premise that I watched a review from Austin Evans, he said, well, take your risk, and I took risk, and of course, I didn't get a set of Beats. I got a set of crappy Bluetooth Silvercrest rebranded things. <laughs> but even so, just having a set of headphones, you there's so much audio you miss out on. I'm not talking about in terms of yeah, how loud it is, but all the subtle nuances that happen in a show. And I'm, I'm going to watch Westworld tonight with my headphones plugged into it. Mm. Well, you don't get a delay. Do you know, is it a wired one or is it a Bluetooth? Well, this is the thing. It did have a delay to start off with, but then it seemed to magically fix itself. Right. I don't know how, but it was, um, yeah, it was noticeable. I thought, well, I can't do this, but then it just seemed sort of, I don't know, it, it, like I say, it just fixed itself. Ah, is it, is that, is that anything to do with the, the consumption of alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, not on this occasion. No, not on this occasion. No, sorry. Um, this this Samsung thing though is, is does that give you the ability to um, view Apple TV uh, programs on the TV without um, Apple TV? Some some I can't remember if Samsung was one of the brands, but some newer um, smart TVs now will come with the Apple TV. Um, you know, app. Um, this is specifically Apple Music for um, Samsung smart TVs, right. but um, okay. they they did roll out Apple TV for a whole bunch. I know LG, for example, got um, Apple TV. Um, so you, yeah, you can get Apple T- TV directly on your um, smart right. TV so if just it's the, just the it, music. But this one is just for music. But um, right. there we go. I mean, it's well, it's just Apple spreading the... out, isn't it? It's just. Well, it's they're adopting the you know get our stuff everywhere well i'm where are all these stories about oh apple needs to release a new apple tv because if they've been harping on about the ipad needs a you know sorry the macbook needs a, 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 re, a design refresh the um oh what i forgot what was I forgot the other thing now what the home why, why isn't it, that's the one why is no one saying, well, the Apple TV, that's not had an update in a while? Um, well, they released a 4K version, didn't they, what, a year or so ago? Yeah, um, yeah, I've got that. Apple, quite Apple. good. Yeah, I don't have, I've got, I've got the previous one, the HD one, because I don't have a 4K telly, and uh, so well, there's no point. Um, yeah, snap. Yeah, um, and my eyes aren't good enough to tell the difference. I can hardly tell the difference between HD and SD, so, you know. What, oh, what? what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm oh not. man! Oh, you really need to go specs. I actually made the mistake. That's with of watching... my specs on. <laughs> I made the mistake of watching terrestrial telly in SD, and it was like, "What is this hot garbage?" <laughs> it, oh, can, well, you, um, can you see the difference there, Jim? When you sort of like going between HD and 4K? Yeah, I can do, but it's uh, part of the reason is I've got um, a very large TV now compared to what I had before. I was going to say, uh, how big is your TV? Because yeah, that's crazy. What is it now? 30, 32 inch, I think. Against what I had before, it was like a twenty-eight. I can now, I can now at least read read the subtitles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think mine's forty-two. Show off. Does it count, by the way? If, instead of reading a book, I read subtitles. Can I justify that as I'm reading more? Yes. Subtitles in a book? <laughs> no, on the screen. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay, moving on then. Uh, two Apple Mail vulnerabilities are being used to target iPhone and iPad users, um, according to Apple Insider. Um Apple have said that this is not being actively exploited. Um, I don't have a link to that, but Apple basically have said that this vulnerability is not being exploited. Security researchers have discovered a pair of zero-day vulnerabilities in the mail app for iPhone and iPad, and they have found in the wild that they are being used by attackers, according to um, to these researchers. Um the surprising it, thing it appears to be it goes back to iOS 6. It's mm. been a vulnerability from back then. So it's very surprising that it's never been um, used. It, uh, it doesn't appear to affect any other um, 
mail app. It just seems to be Apple Mail's app. It's got the problem. Yeah. Um, according or it to has this... been used. It's just been companies have been hiding it and sort of using it to unlock, you know, to get into phones, maybe. I don't actually use Apple's mail app uh, on the iOS devices. I, I tend to use uh, Spark. Yeah. Um, I mean, what it says here, by themselves, the flaws do not pose much of a risk. They only allow an attacker to leak, modify it, or delete emails, which I guess if you, you know, work in a secure environment and you're worried about corporate espionage and the such, then that is something to be worried about. Um, they could be combined with another kernel attack, such as uh, Checkmate. Uh, the vulnerabilities could could then allow a bad actor to root access a specifically targeted device. There's a lot of ifs and buts in this article. Um, mm-hmm. Bearing in mind that this is... Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm all for security researchers finding vulnerabilities and pointing them out. But occasionally you read these ones with a lot of ifs and buts and it says you, you begin to feel, what are you pushing at the end of it? Just sign up to our fabulous service and we will protect you kind of deal. Um, according... well, I hope this will get fixed in iOS 13.5. Yeah. Uh, the floor was relatively unpolished compared to other hacks, meaning a sophisticated attacker would probably deem it too risky to use against a high-value target. Um, hmm. So, and Apple have denied this to some extent. So, um, I'm not really clear on how how dangerous this possible exploit actually is. Uh, maybe. Well, I mean, it can leak emails, which is probably bad enough. But it's uh, it just seems the timing of this seems to be a bit suspicious. It's like you know, these little things are all starting to just sort of drop out of nowhere. I mean, why? You know, if you've got an exploit like this, I mean, did they say how it was discovered or no, um, who reported it? It simply says oh, uh, security researchers have discovered a pair oh, of zero, ops. David. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, Zek Ops found a number of its customers were targeted, including employees at a Fortune 500 in North America, a journalist in Europe and a VIP in Germany. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really not clear how serious this is a part of me says it sounds dangerously like a pitch for sign up for our fabulous Zek Ops um, service. Um, I don't know. I'm you no. Know, I might be maligning them. I'm all for security uh, researchers doing what they do. As I say, I'm just I'm not sure that this is actually as you know bigger thing as they're making out. Also, of course, this week apparently another text uh, bomb, as they like to call it, was discovered. Um, if you send a combination of a flag and one of the Cindy characters, uh, it will crash uh, iOS devices. Not the first time we've had one of these. Um, I'm not sure, really sure what the cause of that is. It's something to do with the way the uh, multi-byte characters are handled, I believe. So, um, here we are. Well, if anything, we've seen sort of less of this as time's gone on. So, at least that's something. Yes, there we are. Um, 9 to 5 reports that crash-inducing characters have been going viral on Twitter um, and was originally shared in a Telegram group. Um, the original... Message causing the crash contained an Italian flag emoji and some Cindy characters. Everything Apple Pro demonstrated the Italian flag is not necessary. After receiving a notification from a prankster that phone freezes can't be turned off and will eventually crash. Um, there we go. Uh, in 2018, iPhone users were affected by a text bomb message using characters from the Telgu uh, language. Uh, apparently, this does not affect iOS 13.4.5. That's me, which is still in beta. So everyone else is vulnerable and needs to sit tight until Apple releases an interim update. Um, well, well, I think the 13.4.5 might be out later this week. Yeah, no. I would. I would not. Um, I mean, we jumped straight from 13.4.1 to 13.4.5, by the way, which, uh, having been on the betas for several years now, I can assure you is actually quite unusual. Mm -hmm. So um, I would guess that means that 14.23 and 4 were skipped over. Um, And if ever ever there's times when um, when the beta releases get closer together, it's when they're kind of you're coming to the end of life because the next thing will be um by after you know 
after WWDC, we'll be moving on to the fourteen betas. Probably, mm. I don't know, three three to four weeks after WWDC, you're usually on the public beta of the of the next OS. So, um, I would not expect thirteen point four point five to be in beta for very long. I really wouldn't. Um, some of the betas, when you get towards the end of the run, only go to two betas. You know, beta one, beta two, gold master release. So um, uh, I don't think thirteen point four point five will be far away. No, I think they're still having problems before uh, with the beta version because uh, I was watching Zolotech on YouTube last night, and apparently still bugs with uh, the current version of that beta. I've not uh, come so across it. So hopefully, get that ironed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems to be a random problem, uh, freezing up and stuff like that. But uh, not a problem. If you get, if you get a chance, yeah, if you get a chance, have a wee watch at his latest video. All right, we'll do. Um, okay, well, we've been going quite a while, so uh, we'll kind of roll up towards the end here. Um, Apple and Google will release COVID nineteen contact tracing tools next week, uh, according to Engadget. Um, we've all known that's coming. We've been talking about that. The more interesting uh, piece from me relating to this is that Switzerland and Austria have aligned with Google and Apple's contact tracing approach, which was from IT News. And Germany, interesting, even more interestingly, is Germany has flipped on smartphone contact tracing and now backs Apple and Google. Um, that's it at Reuters. Um because originally, if you read the first link to IT News, they state that Germany um, was, you know, uh, p- going its own road with its own, were planning to do their own uh, contact tracing app, from uh, which would not be, um, you know, decentralised, private, transparent, anonymous, and all the rest. However, um, it would seem, for whatever reason, I suspect internal pressure, Germany has changed course and has now decided to back Apple and Google's approach. Um, and with Germany, Switzerland and Austria all on board, I suspect many other uh, EU countries will um, fall in line. France, uh, notably, however, are going their own road and... Um, it's hard to tell at the moment whether the British government uh, slash NHS are prepared to uh, take the anonymous route or not. That we will have to wait and see. Um, the one from Switzerland that appears to be due out in May the 11th. Uh, and the concerns with the German one was that uh, um, there was a lot of privacy issues and uh, surveillance issues in it. So if they're, if they're backtracked, that's good news. Yes, they appear to have dropped that plan and um, are now uh, apparently uh, aligning with Switzerland, Austria and Apple slash Google on, you know, that it should be purely private and anonymous and it's not really of any interest to the government uh, uh, whatsoever so um what else we've got uh, i've got a couple of things here um the first ever youtube video was uploaded 15 years ago um there's a link uh, to cnn which will show it to you and it's a tiny little sort of i don't know what it is was it four six thirty four eighty or something when back in the day when the video <laughs> YouTube videos appeared as a small square in the middle of your screen, um, and one of the one of the latest uh, videos posted to YouTube, which is very good and worth watching for essential Apple listeners, and that's Mark's new Apple iPhone SE video. Very yes, good indeed. indeed, it is. There is a oh, link. It's guns. Yes, well, there is, and Andy's video stabilization one, which was very uh, very well done as well. Um, there's a link. If only, if only I learned to <laughs> to frame some of the shots better. But I've been, I've been enjoying it. I I really have been sort of um, trying to be you know uh, use my creative brain cells. In fact, I've I've had a couple of ideas. So if anyone out there knows where I can get a template graphic for all oh, who wants to be a millionaire, please do get in touch with the show because I've got an idea. Um, yeah, and the link to Mark's uh, Essential Apple YouTube channel is in the show notes, of course. Um, uh, what else have we got? Australia is going to make it a crime to use coronavirus tracing data for non-health purposes. That's uh, from Reuters because, again, as we're, Australia have put out their own COVID tracing um app 
and there's uh, quite a lot of privacy concerns based around that. So uh, Australia at least have said they will make it a crime to use it for non-health purposes. Um, we've mentioned the Windows 10 update bug, which deletes your personal files. Um, apparently, uh, hackers are exploiting a Sophos firewall, firewall zero day. Um, on Znet, again, that's somewhat embarrassing for Sophos, who like to go around pointing out flaws in everybody else's software. Um, people who live in glass houses and all that sort of thing. Um, I'm not going to say I'm laughing at them. I'm not. But it's a slight embarrassment for, um, you know, a company who like to go on about how secure they are to find they've got a zero day in their firewall. Um... And what else? We've got a few worth of chirps here. Uh, it says slash essential tips. I've got a Zoom tip from Glenn Fleischman. Um, and that is if you use Zoom and you're in a Zoom call, if you mute your microphone and you wish to only temporarily unmute yourself, you may find you are able to do so by holding down the spacebar, which will unmute you until you release the spacebar. Um, I'm told by Nemo that this does not necessarily work on all uh, devices, but it's worth a try. It's a handy tip. Um, That's very much like push to talk, isn't it? Yes, it's a push to talk. There is a push-to-talk option in Zoom, apparently, on the space bar, but I'm told it doesn't always work on all devices. Um, there's a link here to CNET on Don't Buy a Webcam, Use Your Phone Instead, uh, which is a probably a good tip. I think you posted that one, didn't you, uh, Jim? I think so. can't remember. Yes, I think uh, it's a... Yeah. Uh, how to use your, you know, your iPhone or Android device as a webcam. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think this is also possibly from you, Jim. Working from home and need a scanner, do you realise there's a free one built into your iPhone, link to Mashable? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the Notes app, certainly in the latest versions of uh, iOS, contains a scanner application allowing you to capture uh, documents and turn them into readable PDFs and so on. I have to admit... And there's there's um, also other apps that can do that as well. Yes, there are. IOS. I use a Scanner Pro by Readle, which mm-hmm. is, my, is my particular choice, only because uh, when you scan something, you can set up like a workflow so I can scan something uh, and I've got a load of send to shortcuts. So I might send uh, a scan to my essential Apple folder on Dropbox, or if I've got a receipt, I'll send that to uh, my iCloud drive and save it there. So yeah, it's the one bit onto the iPhone will get you over the line. It does a blinking good job. And the, other, the other problem is with you know, if you use a flatbed scanner, the documents uh, pushed flat. Uh, whereas if you do a scan with the iPhone, you obviously don't have a flat copy to, to scan. Well, the good thing about some of the software that's available um, is it, it will autocorrect, or you can align. Um, uh, where the corners are of the document, and it does a good job. Most apps do a good job of squaring it all up, so you don't have to worry about it being not completely flat. Yeah, no, the, the main thing you've got to worry about is equal light because yeah. it does a, a black yeah. and white copy, so you need to equal light. And also, try if you aren't going to scan, try and do it on a contrasting color, so mm-hmm. pick a, a surface where it you know help the camera out. You know, don't try and scan something white on a white lino desk or something. Yep. That is true. I have to say that I um, I use the um, Office Lens, which is free, um, part of the Office. Uh, you know, see, that wants to connect to, uh, what is it, OneNote, but uh, it, that's quite a good scanner from Microsoft. It's Office Lens, and that's also free. Um, there we are. Uh, GIF Creator Premium has gone free, apparently, to see what it happens. Uh, link to Medium. Um, from uh, Gift Creator Premium themselves, uh, they are making their Gift Creator free. We are, um, and also Proton Mail for Android has gone open source and passed a security audit, according to Android Police, which is, uh, you know, which is good news. Good news. Um, and also Vivaldi has launched on Android, apparently. Um, Mac Jim is simply waiting for uh, Vivaldi for iOS. Is that not so, James? I am indeed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Vivaldi, a very nice browser, actually. I do. I have uh, experimented with it. Uh, probably my third browser in line. I go Safari, then Clicks, then possibly after that it's Firefox or Vivaldi. 
Um, and what else did I have in here? Oh, yes. Uh, a couple of things to mention. Um, Glenn Fleischman's Working From Home book is still free. Uh, follow the link. Uh, Ghostry Midnight, I believe, are still offering uh, three months for free with the coupon code Work At Home. Um, Steve at Geeks Corner, uh, geekscorner.co.uk, will be having some more giveaways in the very near future. Uh, keep an eye on his site or follow him on Twitter. Uh, at geekcorner underscore uk because i know that he has several very nice things to give away uh in the coming uh week or two so uh please you know hit up friend of the show steve at geeks corner um because he has a very nice site and uh, does a lot of giveaways and lastly skylum are giving away luminar three free uh, simply follow the link, sign up for their email newsletter, and you can get a free copy. Um, and that's a pretty bloody good giveaway, really, isn't it? Um, it does indeed, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know, you know, the latest version is 4.2, and it has, you know, some new and flashy features, and they're all very well and good, but uh, if you're just a casual user, Luminar 3 for free is a very nice uh, gift indeed. So uh, if you're even remotely interested in finding out what Luminar can do, follow the link and grab yourself a copy. Um, and I think that's probably about all we've got to say this week, don't you? Well, I could I add one we, um, but for anyone who uses iMazing on Mac, if you're trying to restore your iPads, uh, iPad OS, um, and you're finding you're getting warning messages that there is not enough. Um, I can't actually the warning for it, but it's an, there's an error message comes up saying that it can't complete the install. There is actually a bug in the system. Um, the company that makes this software knows about it, and it's going to be uh, worked on, but it's apparently it's a bigger problem than they realised. Uh, so if you're having problems trying to restore iOS to your iPad, that's why. Okie dokie. Thank you for that, James. Another, um, you know, another public service announcement. iMazing has a bug if you wish to restore your iPad OS. Um, and I think that really is probably about it. So uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, Mark, where can people find your stuff? You can find me on the Twitter at Ocean Speed, and I'm an occasional Twitterer on the um, on the Essential Apple Twitter. But you can also find me on my other podcast, which is called The Watching Men, and that's also got a Twitter as well. Going, it's a show that myself and Carl Madden from the Mac and Four Show we just talk about random media stuff of the week or the month, or we go we take a look at James Bond. I think that's what we did. We did a uh, a Carl's favorite Carl's Carl's Guilty Bedroom Secrets, i.e. the films that are a secret pleasure to watch anything weird, mind you, just films that you wouldn't sort of normally want to say to people, oh, you know what, I really like that film. Uh, and then I, I've actually taken over the show last week, and as you can imagine, it was a complete car wreck. So go over, and if I haven't <laughs> sold it well enough, go on to your iTunes or your podcast catcher of choice, and it's the Watching Men podcast. Very good. Uh, Jim? Uh, you can find, find me in the Slack group. Uh, you can also find me on Flickr as the SRPS Paint Shop. And I also am the administrator for the Essential Apple Flickr group in Flickr. Oh, yeah, we've got a Slack room as well. So if anyone's bored and they want to come and have a bit of a chat and talk tech or other random nonsense, um, yeah, we've got a Slack room, which you'll find at EssentialApple.com. And if you know any uh, old program uh, comedy shows with their catchphrases, uh, you can put some in and keep us all going. Indeed. Links and some for... of them will be used on the next video as well, just so you warned. Yeah. Links for all this stuff, of course, in the show notes. Um, so let me see. We've mentioned the Slack. We've mentioned the Flickr. We've mentioned your podcast. We've mentioned your uh, YouTube. Um, we've mentioned Steve at... Uh, Geeks Corner. I am on the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S E R E N A K. Uh, there are articles and shows at EssentialApple.com. I've got a couple more things to post up, actually. Uh, and sorry, Dougie, I didn't uh, 
do it when I said I would because I got drawn into something else. And uh, I think until next week, that will probably do. Thank you to all our listeners. Thank you to all the people who support us in all the usual uh, ways. Patreon, Tips Jar, telling people about us, retweeting our nonsense and all that. Uh, If you'd like to leave us a review, that would be great because we could read it out on the show. Um, And I think I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, Back next week, hopefully, and maybe something more um, in-depth will have happened in the news. But until then, we'll wish you uh, a good week and stay safe. Cheerio. Yep. Cheerio, everyone. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchotts, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. See you next time.